0: Welcome back to another episode of Phil at the Movies. I'm your host, Phil Walsh, and Spooky Season 2023 continues. I've got a stacked show for you today. Uh, Lots of uh, of treats to discuss with you. Uh, Three new movies that I have seen uh, this uh, spooky season, as well as a, a revisit to one of my personal favorite entries in the Halloween series, there's also some news to share with you as well. So as I said, a, a stacked show uh, on the agenda today, but uh, first let me start off with uh, a little bit of housekeeping, as is often the case uh, with this portion of the show. First off, I want to thank you as always for tuning in each week and hearing what I have to say on movies. I've loved doing this, cinem- being on this cinematic journey since January of 2022, going to keep going to carry on it uh, as, long as, as long as possible, but uh, it would not be possible, I can say this, without your support, your encouragement, your warm embrace of this show, and most important of all, your friendship. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for being a part of this journey with me, for supporting the show, and as I said, for your friendship. I value and appreciate each and every one of you. Next, I will use this time to plug the social media handles all of the information twitter x whatever the hell they're calling it uh, you can find that in the show notes along with uh, some articles that i have written some reviews for the uh three movies that i'm going to be mentioning in just a little bit uh lastly uh, if you haven't had your fill of me On this particular show, I would encourage you to follow along this other show, DC Unlimited, that I co-host with two of my friends, Chris Evans and Anthony Caruso. We drop episodes about every two weeks, and if you love Batman, pretty much all things DC-related, that is going to be a show for you. We've actually got a Halloween-focused episode where we're uh, reviewing uh, a, a beloved Batman comic, so... That is your your cup of tea, and as I said, if you haven't had your fill of me, I would encourage you to uh, give that show a like and a follow. All right, so now on to the main topic, or the I guess the first topic, if you will, for today's show. I've had a chance to uh, see three different Halloween horror-related movies over the course of this month, and uh, two of them I'm going to strongly recommend. One It really comes down to individual preference. It was not for me, but uh, you, of course, can be the judge. Uh, As I said, I've written uh, three reviews uh, for the site Geeks Vibe Nation, and you can uh, read my in-depth comments and thoughts on on these three films uh, in the links provided. But uh, the three films that I uh, had a chance to to screen earlier this month uh, are Totally Killer, Dark Harvest, and Dear David. And all three of them are, are unique and 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 different, and really perfect for for this time of year. Uh, again, kind of get your uh, get your spooky vibes on uh, with each particular film. So the first one that I'm going to recommend for you is called Dark Harvest, and it's actually based on a book uh, by uh, author Norman Partridge. Same name, same premise, more or less. Story involves a small uh, Midwestern town in the 1960s. And every Halloween night, all the 18-year-old boys in town have to band together and fight for survival, more or less, against this scarecrow, pumpkin-like creature called Sawtooth Jack who rises every year from the cornfield and, and makes its way in towards town. Now, the movie itself is one of the most Beautiful films I have seen this year. the The cinematography is breathtaking. You really have the sense and feel that this is autumn in a small midwestern town. Just the vibes, the aesthetic—it's all there. It felt like a postcard come to life. And, and as a as a fan of fall Halloween related movies, I certainly appreciated that aspect. Uh, but what really kind of captured my imagination with this particular film is the story itself which yes there's this whole mystery and it involves uh one of the the brothers uh who uh, is trying to find out what happened to uh to maybe his older brother and you know trying to stop this this sawtooth jack creature from uh from rising again but putting aside kind of all of those uh those theatrics there's really an interesting story about small towns and that desire and and yearning to to break free of them, to leave them and never look back, but yet feeling trapped or rooted in there because of either obligation or circumstance. And and I thought that was very compelling and really what separated this movie from a lot of uh, similar uh, retreads. I mean, because, again, there's been many horror movies that focus on cursed towns and, and sort of a, an annual event, et cetera, et cetera. What really made this one stand out for me was, again, as I said, the cinematography, but really that powerful story about longing to to, to break free, to leave the comfort of, of your small town and sort of escape all of the uh, sort of the pain or all of the... Uh, issues that might be back home and, and as someone who grew up in a small town, I could certainly appreciate those uh those themes and and trappings because it really it 's not a caricature in this movie yes, the sort of the situation is all uh fanciful and over the top but the 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 really the story the the idea of how small towns can sort of you know breed uh you know Insecurities can can breed, uh, you know, paranoia in some ways. All of that, I, I think, is is very true, and and it's it's captured so well in, in this particular film. Now, again, for all of you fans of of, of splatter and gore, there's a there, there's a few good moments in the film as well. But uh, for me, Dark Harvest really is this kind of coming of age story, and, and really a commentary on on small town USA. Uh, which, again, having grown up in a small town, I could certainly relate to and, and appreciate it because it felt even amid all of the uh, fanciful elements, it felt real and it felt authentic and it 's just a it 's a well made well executed movie that that frankly i I, I think''ll we'll, we'll find an audience uh w- when it releases because it really is uh a, a, an exceptionally made a- and frankly there are moments of of genuine suspense and, and terror uh, in it as well the uh the next movie that i saw that i i will not recommend but i'm going to tell you about it anyway because again for some of you this may be a uh, uh you know right up your alley uh, the second movie is called dear david now this is based on a twitter thread from about 5 or 6 years ago that a at the time a Buzzfeed employee started documenting about some paranormal activities inside his apartment. And he came to, to believe that he was either being haunted or, or or living with a ghost in his apartment. And the whole movie takes this real life situation, fictionalizes it, and sort of spins it out into a into a ghost story slash demonic possession movie for the record i am not a fan of possession movies i am on the record as saying i'm not a am not a fan of the exorcist again i think it's a well-made and, and and sort of you know beautifully done film i'm just not a fan of anything possession related you know give me the maniac and the mask any day of the week that is that is my uh cup of tea when it comes to horror Good psychological horror uh, but no I'm i 'm not a fan of of possession movies and this one, despite the real life premise which is unique and kind of thought provoking it doesn 't offer anything new the The main performance uh, by the actor augustus prue is is strong and, and he kind of makes the movie tolerable but all in all, this is a movie that I, I think you can, uh, you, you know, if you're not a fan like I am, you can certainly skip it. But uh, it, it is a, it is sort of interesting of kind of taking that real life story and, and sort of stretching it out into a, 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 a fictional one. Uh, but I do encourage you to actually read the the threads. You can find them online. It's all been sort of compressed into a uh, into a large article but uh it it is an interesting account and and frankly i actually f- I found the 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 Twitter thread to be more engaging than the actual movie, so kind of an instance where uh the the the, the story or, or the book, if you will, was more interesting uh than the movie but uh switching gears now to the final movie uh, i can uh, certainly recommend for you and i think you will have a, a great time with it on that idea of time the movie is called totally killer and the best way to think of this movie is scream meets back to the future it's a time traveling movie that involves uh uh, this uh, girl played by Kiernan Chipka who goes back in time to try and prevent this killer from killing uh, three of her mom's friends back in 1987 and thus preventing the killer in the future from killing her mom. It is just a, a perfect blend of comedy and horror combined with a slasher element. I I, I loved this movie. I've already seen it twice, and I I highly recommend it, particularly for for fans who like a nice blending of the genres. And and this is great. It's set uh, primarily in the 80s. There's a great aesthetic and vibe to it. There's also a lot of interesting commentary where you have somebody from the year 2023 looking back on life and, and times in 1987, uh, and, and there's definitely a lot of uh, interesting observations and, and humor that arises from it, but uh, the movie itself, it, it's it's funny, it's scary, it's suspenseful, there's a, a fun whodunit quality to it, and as I said, the concept itself is just wild, a, a time-traveling slasher, you know, if Scream and Back to the Future had a child, it would be totally killer, and this is one of those movies where it could, you know, go in one direction and and not work as well. But fortunately, they were able to to find that balance with the humor and the horror. And I mean, I'll just say it: it is totally killer. It really is. This is a perfect Halloween movie and one that I think audiences are going to be returning to every year. I know I certainly will uh, be in that regard. It, it is just, a, it's a fun time. It's uh, to use uh, a, a, some 80s uh, vernacular. It's rad. Now, uh, staying with that, that theme of uh, of rad and of that era, the late 1980s, I wanted to revisit a personal favorite of mine. This is the... uh, You all know I'm a big fan of the Halloween series, and actually, at the time of this recording, uh, there is some interesting news that has been uh, broken today. There's been a lot of rumors about the next installment of the Halloween series, because despite last year's film uh, being appropriately titled Halloween Ends. uh, Fans of the series knew that uh, it would not be long before Michael Myers made his triumphant return. And there's been a lot of discussion and and whispers online about what studio would be uh, getting the rights to the film and where the direction would be going. And it appears at this point that Miramax has secured the rights to bring Halloween to the TV screen, so there 's going to be a TV series unfolding uh, set within the Halloween universe again, details are are unknown, just that it will be a TV show. The idea being that this could lead to uh, future films, and I believe they 're even calling it a cinematic universe. So uh, lots of interesting uh, possibilities. Again, still trying to wrap my head around Halloween being brought uh, to the small screen. But again, given that I am a fan of this uh, series, I will be there uh, w- whenever it is announced and will be watching it with great anticipation. So uh, fear not, Michael Myers uh, is not gone. He, uh, he will be coming home again. But uh, on that note of Michael Myers, Wanted to revisit Halloween 5, which, as I said at the start, this is one of my favorite entries in the series, and it's often maligned, but I believe it is misunderstood. And I touched on it last year in my lead-up to Halloween ends, but I wanted to have a, to revisit it again and, and actually offer a few more musings, so this may... Sound like a rant, and I apologize in advance. But uh, kind of, I've spent a lot of time thinking about uh, this movie, and, and recently rewatched it, uh, rewatched it as part of Spooky Season, and uh, I, I came away with just another appreciation for this film. So, give a little history. The movie came out in 1989, and it really came on the coattails of Halloween Four: The Return of Michael Myers, which had been released the year prior, and that had been. A huge success, did great numbers at the box office, and so automatically a sequel was going to be uh, was going to be made, and they rushed it out. It came out on almost a year to the date that Halloween Four came out, and there's no an argument to be made that they should have taken another year or so before rushing into it because uh, one of the common critiques, and I think it's fair, that the script for Halloween Five is a little rushed. It needed another polish or, or rewrite, but nevertheless this film is is bold it is different it is divisive it takes the series in arguably the first you know kind of fundamental shift post Halloween 3 and kind of put Halloween 3 over to the side up until this point the movies involving Michael Myers sort of followed a very familiar uh, path and Those elements continue with Halloween 5, but this was the first time that there was an effort to sort of peel behind the mask, so to speak. And while I will not use the word humanize, there was an attempt with this film to sort of put a spotlight on Michael Myers that had not been there before. And particularly vis-a-vis the character of jamie his his niece in the story, there was really an effort to kind of sort of play play each character off of each other and sort of you know understand motivation and and rationalization now certainly it can be argued uh, whether or not that was a uh, success and of course, given the way that uh, Halloween Six came out in in one thousand nine hundred and ninety five you know th- that answer might be uh self evident but that's not, that's, not what I'm, uh, that's not what I'm here to discuss or, or go on about today. I really want to talk to you about some interesting thoughts and, and ideas about this film and kind of put it to you, the audience, as well. If, if you've seen this film, if you have a strong feeling of it one way or another, or, or do you think it's a misunderstood uh, film or, or does it deserve the, uh, the criticism? Part of why this film is uh, is uh, sort of derided uh, over the years is because of those bold swings. Like I said, the film tries to shake up both the formula and the aesthetic. and part of that is the Michael Myers house, which is a central uh, location in many of the films. In every movie with the exception of this one, it is essentially a, a simple two story home in this movie it has been redesigned into a three-story gothic mansion which again is completely uh you know deviant from from what had come before and what certainly would come afterwards but for this particular film i do think it works and yes continuity wise i i i hear you i hear all of those issues but looking at it in terms of the story and what was trying to be to be told here. To me I view Halloween 5 not just as another slasher film because it has those elements but it's really more of a gothic horror film or, or a gothic fairy tale if you will. And the reason I use the word fairy tale is because there's a lot of interesting elements in this film that I picked up on this time when I was re-watching it earlier this month. And starting with that gothic mansion. The house almost looks like a castle with the way it has corridors and uh, the the columns. It's very almost monolithic in a way. And the film is sort of set up that, that Michael is almost like this this, this dragon or this cursed uh, figure in a way that is meant to wander the town of Haddonfield causing destruction and chaos kind of like you know as I said the, the the monster or a dragon in some gothic story but you know kind of if we want to lead more into the gothic element you know think Frankenstein in a way just a sort of mindless creature that just walks with no real purpose other than to cause mayhem in destruction and sort of on that point, there was an, an opening to the film that was deleted but has since been uh, uh, resurrected in, in uh, uh, home video releases uh, that you, you can certainly watch and, and really, I think, understand the intent by the director, Dominique Othan Gerard. The opening of the film as it is right now is Michael... Survives his latest encounter with the police. He's been wounded and then spends a year in a coma, living with a uh, a hermit in the mountainside, kind of like a uh, you know the the scene in uh, Bride of Frankenstein. Well, in this original opening, Michael is still wounded and is recovering uh, in the mountainside. But instead of uh, it being a hermit, it's this almost uh, witch doctor ca- uh, called Doctor Death and a year to the date after the the previous Halloween, Michael is brought back through a kind of black magic, witchcraft dark arts ritual. Uh, One that included him getting a tattoo, uh, a a druid uh, tattoo put in his arm. So that kind of explains why Michael has a tattoo on his wrist uh, later in the film, which is never properly explained other than it's it's just there. But that was the intent behind it to, you know, sort of make this like satanic ritualistic, uh, you know, kind of resurrection. And so, right then and there, that sort of to me establishes the the gothic element that this isn't just another slasher film. This is going to be something more. I mean, even down to to Dr. Loomis in the film, played by the late, great Donald Pleasance. I mean, Loomis is always sort of on edge in these movies, but in this particular one, he's gone over the edge. And, you know, some fans find that a distraction. I think it's, you know, a, a brilliant t- uh, take on the character. But kind of looking at it in that, that gothic uh, horror angle, Loomis almost comes off as the, you know, as the crazy town crier. He's just screaming and shouting and and begging for people to listen and listen to him, but, of course, no one is. And... You look at how the film ultimately uh, ultimately climaxes in the in the Myers house in the gothic mansion, if you will. Michael becomes trapped in a a metal uh, uh, or a chain link fence, and kind of you know like the the knight fighting the dragon. Loomis takes him on you know mano a mano and subdues him with a two by four. Again, those sort of Illusions. Uh, I-, I don't think are a coincidence. I mean, maybe they are, but then you add the character of Jamie, who I said, there's sort of that exploration about you know her psyche and Mikey's, uh, Michael's psyche, but she's also wearing a princess costume for Halloween. And again, maybe it's a coincidence, but I don't think so. And if you look at Jamie's role in the story, uh, she's almost trying to you know in a way escape this very affliction or curse if you will that has plagued her her uncle and while she's able to overcome it kind of you know as the good uh, princess you know able to summon the strength to escape it her uncle is ultimately consumed by it and so it's sort of an interesting uh, kind of an allegory is a almost like a fairy tale where you have the the princess if you will trying to to lift the curse off of this, uh, uh, off of this uh, evil individual, and there's this scene which is often uh, criticized. And again, I'm not, you know, you know, saying anyone's opinion is right or wrong, but there's a scene towards the end of the film where where Michael does take off his mask, and it's a very uh, kind of emotional moment between niece and uncle where yeah you know, they 're no longer sort of you know slasher and 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 want to be victim it's it's really just a it's almost a human connection between these two tragic and and kind of linked figures and I sort of see that as like the you know the parallel of the princess trying to to lift the curse and you know michael even sheds a tear which again i 'm not saying that's that's right or wrong, but I just sort of kind of see the the interesting you know, themes and ideas that were being explored. And, you know, Jamie tries to reach out to him, but ultimately it, it doesn't work. And, and Michael continues his pursuit of her, uh, you know, leading to this final confrontation with uh, with uh, with uh, Loomis, which again, even after that is done, Michael finds himself trapped in a jail cell at the end of the movie. Again, put aside how Absurd that might look of Michael in his mask chained in in a jail cell, but kind of going with that gothic fairy tale uh elements that I mean that makes kind of perfect sense that the the monster or the or the the creature or what have you would be imprisoned at the end of the the story in a a dungeon in a in a in a in a cell so again, this is one of those movies where it has a a lot of strong passion again, not saying it 's not uh you know uh, Sort of blameless from from criticism, but I I do think there's something more there with this film, and I think had there been more times for for rewrites and revisions, the full vision could have been executed because it's it's clear to me that there is there is something there with this film. It wasn't just another all right, let's just cash in on on the on the previous film. Yes, I'm, those elements do exist, but. You kind of look beneath it to me there seems like there was more of a, of a story there and kind of a a desire to sort of shake up the narrative in a way that had not been done so uh, at that particular point now as I mentioned earlier this was not a well-received film it is still to date the lowest grossing film in the franchise so I mean I, I know I'm probably on the wrong side uh, of the argument but you know is is somebody who kind of likes it when when movies will subvert the expectations and, and try to take the the characters in, in, in new and, and interesting directions, I can certainly appreciate what was attempted here. And again, while it's not flawless, I do think there is much more to this film than meets the eye. And it's, it's time and place that came right out, came out right at the end of the 80s. It was 1989. So the, the slasher craze that really defined that decade had pretty much peaked and was over with by this point, and so there's definitely more to it than just alright, let's have another guy with a nice movie. I think there was an attempt to try and reinvent or, or reinterpret the character in a way and, and if you kind of even look back through some of the notes on this film, there was an attempt to sort of make a Frankenstein uh, allegory to it, kind of, you know, Michael as the Frankenstein monster, which is kind of an interesting approach to the film, the idea of him being this, you know, kind of a, a poor creature possessed by something beyond his intent. Again, not saying that's right or wrong, but there's 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 definitely, I think, more to this film than uh, than, than maybe people thought at the time, and I think certainly is worth a reevaluation, evaluation uh, at least as kind of a a bold step at, at trying something new with the franchise, which as I said up until that point had not really been done outside of Halloween 3. So, for me, I, I kind of love it for its weirdness, its originality, again this sort of a idea of taking a slasher film and combining it with a a gothic horror uh, story as well as elements of even like a twisted fairy tale. Uh, I, I certainly can appreciate all of that. But uh, like I said, I, I turn it over to you, the listeners, particularly fans of the Halloween series. Uh, what are your thoughts on Halloween 5? Do you think it is maligned? Do you think it is uh, misunderstood? Or, or do you think uh, the critics and everyone got it right and uh, it uh, is not this uh, uh, sort of misunderstood entry that uh, I believe it to be? But uh, that is all that I have for you today. As I said, a kind of a stacked show with uh, some movie recommendations as well as a, uh, some musings on uh, my, one of my personal favorite entries in the series. But that is all that I have for you today. As always, thank you for tuning in. I'll be back next week, and we'll do this all over again for the love of scary movies.